Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. Father God, we just thank you for the privilege that we have to be here today. God, we thank you that you don't ever make any mistakes. We're not a mistake. But God, you made us on divine order for a divine purpose. That they would know, God, your purpose, your plan for their lives. That God, you would touch them, change them from the inside out. God, through vision, God, we can find future. We can have hope. And God, I pray today that people will receive you as their Lord and Savior. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, shout amen. High five two people around you and says, man, God is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. Unity, unity, unity. This month has been absolutely fantastic. And incidentally, we're not finishing this series. I intended to finish the series today, but we're going to take it one more week because next week we're going to talk about unity in your finances talking about God blessing your finances and your home. So it's been a great journey that we've been on this month, looking at unity, unity in our minds. A double-minded man will be unstable in all of his ways. Having a single mind, the mind of Christ. Unity in our marriages. How important is that? Because families don't build the home. It's a marriage that builds the home. So prioritizing the order, God, our spouse, then our children, then everything else. We talked about unity in our homes and discovered again the priority of marriage. But then we also talked about how unity is essential and parenting takes faith. Got to have faith. Trust God. Do what you can and trust God with the rest. And today we want to talk about unity in the church, the power of vision. I love the power of vision because the power of vision is this, being one. That's the power of vision, being one. So we're going to jump straight into it today. I love talking about vision, by the way. Vision has to be one of my top five subjects that I talk about. Why? Because it's essential if you want to move forward. Have you ever sat down with someone and all they're doing is talking about the past and talking about what used to be? Because that's the only hope you have if you have no vision for your future. I want to be around some people that's not talking about what they did yesterday, but believing for what God's going to do tomorrow and what God's going to do for their future. That's vision. So our theme scripture for this month has been Genesis 11 verse 6. Look, God said, the people are united and they all speak The same language. Hold that. That's very important today. And God says, after this, after what? After them coming together as one, God says these words, there is nothing they set out to do will be impossible by them. That's not just me speaking. That's God. Think about that. God's confession that he makes from his mouth is this. Anything is possible when man comes together as one. Anything is possible 
through vision. That's the power of vision. So in this church, as we come together and speak the same language, we begin to see what is accomplished through vision and culture. Let me define the word vision and the word culture because I think you need to understand because they are different. The word vision means where we're going. It's the course that we are plotting. But culture is how are we going to get there? It's the means by which we use to get to the vision, to the goal that we have set in front of us. Both are vitally important because you can't have culture without vision. But vision is only just words on a page and doesn't become a reality till people roll up their sleeves, begin to speak the same language, begin to work together and to make that dream a reality. So the goal, the target is vision, but we've also got to understand how we arrive because how does God call us? What has God called us to be as a church? One of the things I love so much about church period is this diversity. Look around you today, the diversity that you see in church, or should be in church, should I say. Thank God it's in our church. I believe if you look at our church, what God has blessed us with, it's a picture of heaven because there's no segregation in heaven. There's no classes in heaven. It's just those who love God. And that's what we have in purpose and and in common here. And we come together. So what an incredible picture of what the church should be. The diversity, the differences that we see all around us. But in our diversity, in our differences, it's also important that we define who God has called us to be. Because God hasn't called us to be that church down the street. God hasn't called us to be that church across state. God has called us to be encounter church. So how does that look? What does God want us to be? Because it's so important to know that because if we don't know vision and togetherness, the Bible says people run wild. Look at the scripture. It comes from Proverbs 29, 18 from the Message Bible. It says, if people cannot see what God is doing, The King James says, where there is no vision, where there is no divine guidance, what happens? They stumble. We stumble all over ourselves. Wow, we lived a life like that, didn't we? We just didn't have any purpose and goal for our life and we were stumbling. But we don't want that here. We don't want people to come in and still be stumbling and say, what can I do? What's next? What's the next step? What's God's plan? We want to help people find vision. But when they attend to what God reveals, say with me, vision. Vision. They are what? You are blessed. There is blessing that comes through vision. The King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Perishing is not good. That's like dying. They're dead. There's no life. There's no hope. And that's not God's plan for mankind. God doesn't wish that any should perish, the Word of God says. But God's plan is that all would have everlasting life. We want this place to be a place of life, that people won't perish, but they'll rally together, come together. And how does life come? God's way, not by man's way. So the original scripture and the text that we read out today, God actually came down to see man in Genesis chapter 11 who was in rebellion. 
They were in rebellion against God. A flood had happened. They knew all about that. They had been raised up since the flood. And one day they came together and they began to concoct a plan. And their plan was this. We're we're not going to allow ourselves to be destroyed again. We're going to build a tower. And the purpose is this. We're going to be like God. We're going to build above what anything God can do because we're going to sustain ourselves. They were rebelling against God's control and God's authority. So what does God do? He comes down and looks and sees what they are doing. By his confession, he says, as one, nothing is impossible. So God divides the people and he divides them by confusing their language. It's called the Tower of Babel or Babel. Babel. The languages, the babbling on. Have you ever said that? Quit babbling on. Is that an English term? Do you know that over here? You have that over here too? You know, I know that one. The Tower of Babel is a confused speak. But listen, when they couldn't communicate to each other, they couldn't build. And when they couldn't communicate and build, they began to get frustrated with each other. When they got frustrated with each other, they started to fight against each other. And when they were fighting against each other, they began to join other teams and they began to make groups and they began to click. And then when they couldn't all come together as a family, they said, man, I'm out of here. I'm done. And they divided and went all over the world. That's not God's plan for us to be divided, fighting against each other, but for us together to say, hold on, let's build God's kingdom. Let's build his church. So what do we see? Look at this statement. God disrupted their unity in rebellion. Come on. He said, you can't be in unity in rebellion anymore. So God divided them. But that's not where God wants to leave us because God wants to unify us. He wants to make us one again. And how does he do that? Through vision, through us speaking the same language, through us understanding and coming together, realizing this, nothing is impossible if we set our minds and hearts and speak the same language together. Man, I wish I had a witness in the house because I'm going to preach to you today. Nothing is impossible. Come on, this building here is not impossible. The finances are not impossible. Everything that God has is not impossible. Your family being saved is not impossible. Your well-being, your healing, your deliverance is not impossible if we come together as one, unified as one. So today I want to share our mission, our vision, the word that I believe God has given us for this year. And then I want to give us a prayer that I want to pray over every one of you today. So here's our mission. Our goal for you this year is this, that each one reach one. We're sending you on a mission. What is the mission? Not for you just to come here on a Sunday. Our mission is for you to impact everyone you come in contact with that you realize. I just really feel as a pastor, we've got to empower you. We've got to make you realize the power that God has given to you to be an evangelist. To witness Wherever you go to speak the gospel, well, I just don't know the Bible very well. Has God touched your life? 
Well, tell other people about what God has done in your life. Share the truth with people. If you're going through struggles, say, I'm going through a hardship right now, but let me tell you, I'm still believing that God's going to bring me out. Each one of us needs to, you've got to realize the part that you have to play in this vision. As a pastor, I'm the shepherd of the sheep. The shepherds don't pro-recreate with the sheep. It's the sheep that have to, come on, recreate. And so as the sheep, it's your responsibility to go out and bring in more sheep. Don't just wait for the pastor to preach a good message and hopefully they'll come. You've got to have them in here and realize that. And thank God you can bring them to a church where every Sunday you're going to know they're going to get the word of God. You can bring them in on a Sunday and you're going to know something. Are you ready? They're going to have an opportunity to receive Jesus. So each of us needs to reach one. There was a story one day of a man who was walking along the beach. And in the distance, he saw someone just frantically running in and out of the ocean. He was like, man, what's going on? Is that guy kind of lost his mind? And as he walked closer, he realized that the whole shoreline was littered with starfish. The waves had washed hundreds, thousands of starfish in. And he watched this particular individual coming and picking up a starfish and throwing it out into the ocean and running back and grabbing another one. So this man walked over and said, Son, what are you doing? He says, Well, I'm doing whatever I can. The man looked at him and said, Well, there's no way that you can save everyone. And the young boy picked up another one and he says, I may not be able to save everyone, but I can save this one. <laughs> Come on, there's thousands of people around us every day, but you can save that one. God can use you to touch one. God can use us to bless one. We double in size. You plus one. Do the math. You plus one. John 3.16, God so loved the world. That he sent his only begotten son. Heaven literally collided with this earth. God sent the best, his son that he could, to collide with our world. That whosoever would find, experience, come to the knowledge of Christ, they wouldn't perish anymore, but there would be a hope, God says, of everlasting life. God now is sending you. You are to collide with everyone in your world. That God has placed people around you, your world, your field, or your sphere of influence that God has given to you. It's different to mine. And yours is different to every. Oh, there may be some interla- overlapping that we have. But God has placed you in your school, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Why? Because that's your field of influence. And God says, I want you now to collide with the lost. That they can find me. That they can discover hope and everlasting. Come on, God wants you to reach your world. To reach your world. So what's our mission? To touch this world. And how do we do it? One life at a time. So here's my question for you today. You ready? Who's your one? Who's your one? Oh, pastor, I don't have one. Well, you need one. Today, who's that one? If you could, who would be the one you would want sitting beside you today? Maybe it's your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, your neighbor, someone you work with. Everyone needs to reach one. And here's my challenge for you this year, right now, today, write their name down somewhere. This is my one. I'm going after this one. I'm going to do everything I can. 
Pray for them every day. Befriend them. Follow them on social media. Talk to them at work. Be nice to them. Invite them to come to church. Beg them to come to church. (laughs) Kidnap them to come. No, I didn't say that. Here's a good one. You're ready. You come to, come to church with me on Sunday, I'll take you out for lunch. I'm paying my treat. You don't have to tell them it's McDonald's, but that's cool. That's all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's lunch. But don't give up when they say perhaps no. Keep repeating. Keep praying for them every day. Keep befriending them. Keep loving them. Keep inviting them. Look for opportunities to bless them. If you stop for a coffee in the morning, pick them one up. It's their birthday time. Send them a card. Look for ways to bless people. Look for ways because the Bible says they'll know you're my disciples. For what reason? By the love that you have for other people. People are living such selfish lives today. One of the greatest ways we can be an example is to get out of ourselves and start including our lives into someone else. Start reaching out and seeing a need. Why? Because our mission here at this church is this. Each one can reach one. How many agrees with me on that, that each one of us can reach one? So here's our vision. Our vision is this. It's life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. You hear that a lot here, and we're not making any, you know, we're not making excuse for that because vision leaks. We need to remind you of that and keep you reminded of that. But it also could be said this way. Life starts when people know God. Come on, love happens when people walk out in freedom and purpose is revealed when they discover their purpose and then they use it to make a difference. And so that's our vision. That's what we're trying. That's where we're going. That's what we're going to speak in this church. So how do we do that? Let's break it down just really quickly. And then I want to get to the word that God has given me for this year. Life starts. Say with me, life starts. How does life start? Only through knowing God. That's where life is. We can think we live a life But it's only when we discover God, we discover true life and the abundance that he wants to bring. So life starts by getting people to know God. So what do we do? What's our vision? How do we connect people to know God? We create weekend worship experiences that both the unchurched people and the believers love to attend. In other words, we want life-changing experiences, services, opportunities for people to come. Because people are busy today. I know you're busy today. We we don't want to waste anyone's time. But we want to use our time and the experience that we have each and every Sunday to add value, input, and direction. To give you relevant messages and to guide you through seasons of life. As a pastor, we're leading you through the seasons of life. And the main reason we do this is because of this. It's biblical. And that should be a reason enough on its own. But heaven and hell are also realities. So we need to do everything we can to throw out the lifeline every Sunday that people would come in. So what are we going to do in doing that? We are going to do everything we can short of sinning to reach the lost. Come on, we're not going to compromise our beliefs, but short of sinning, we're going to, next slide please, short of sinning, we're going to do everything we can to reach those who are lost around us. And now our culture, how do we do that? How do we speak that language? What's the language of this house? Sunday experiences. 
Sunday experiences. Notice we don't say services anymore. Sometimes we let that slip. But I'm tired of services. I've been to plenty church services. And that's exactly what it was, just a service. Nothing happened. We're all about experiences here. Notice the name of our church, Encounter. We want people to come and encounter God. We want to create an experience where people can come in. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be relevant. Come on, we're helping you in your marriage, in your home. We're helping you to live a victorious life. We're teaching you. We're educating you because we believe the Word of God works in your home. It works in your finances. It works in your workplace. It works when we apply it. We want church to be enjoyable. I want my kids to love church. I don't want them to endure church. I want them to enjoy church. I think church, we should have fun. I think church, we should have a good laugh in church. But I'm telling you right now, church is no joke. We're going to have fun, but we're not going to make it a joke. Because life and death is serious. Heaven and hell are realities. We want a church that's welcoming. That's what we're going to do. We want everyone who comes in this door to be touched by someone. Whether it's shaking a hand, high five, a welcome with a smile. We want someone to be touched in some way by someone that before they leave here, they could not say, well, no one spoke to me. No one welcomed me. No one loved me. We want to love people. We want to be a welcome in church. Listen, I'm going to go on record. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone is welcome here. We also want to be empowering. And we want to be releasing. Come on, we want to be a powerful church that sees God's spirit move and and God moving in such a great way. And we're going to see that. And that's why we've got great facilities. That's why we do the best with what we have. I mean, look around you. It's beautiful. Everything's so well kept. Every team that works so tirelessly to prepare and build and plan everything. We want excellence when people step in the doors. Because I think that shows the excellence of the God that we serve. We want great praise and worship. I'm so excited that they're writing their own music now. That's our vision for this year. We're going to see more songs that are birthed in the house. That we're going to be singing the language of Encounter Church. And proclaiming what God has. We've got great student life from six weeks all the way to now 30 you if you are under 30 that's all really student life right there we've got you covered all the way through and we're excited about that we've got great messages we've got great series pray for the pastor he needs some help we've got a great welcome empowering and releasing you see that's our vision that's the how that's the culture that's the language that we're going to speak Second point, love happens. Say with me, love happens. How does love happen? Love happens as you receive true love. A lot of you have received the love of the world, spell L-U-S-T. It's lust, it's selfish, it's for me, not about you. But we come in here and we discover true love. And now what? We become that love and we can bring that, we can give that, we can share that to other people. And then our vision for your life is that when you step into a family and a home and you step in and discover God, you'll realize the freedom that he has for your life and that freedom will come into your life. That you'll say things like this, I'm better than that. That you'll say, man, I realize God has more for my life. That's the freedom. That's the love that we want to happen and build inside of you. So, so how do we do this? This for a long time was the, the weak link of our church. 
It was the lowest hole. We looked at our church and we plugged the lowest hole and this was it. Because we saw people coming in and they were getting saved and they were excited about God. But they just weren't staying like we needed them to stay. And one of the biggest needs we discovered was people need to connect. They need to know people. They need to be connected and they need to be involved and realize it's not good to do life alone. So we didn't want just people to come in and not talk to anyone and leave. And unfortunately, that was what was happening until just over two years ago. And we made some changes. So what's our vision? What do we do? We create a small group environment where people can experience community. They can settle their yesterdays and they can take their next step in Christ. And in the freedom that God has. So what do we do? Small groups. Get in a group. Turn to someone beside you and say, get in a group. Get in a group. So much more important to your future than you could really realize. Because here's the reality. Are you ready? Sundays is where you give, we give you the information for life. But it's small groups where we implement it and we begin to live it out. I want to say that one more time. Sunday is where we give you the information for life. But it's small groups where you can begin to implement that and begin to live out what we're giving you. So why do we do groups? Because it's biblical. People need to be known. People need healing. People need to grow. So how? What's our culture? What's our language? The small group system is like this. We have created what we call free market small groups. Free market small groups are what's called interest-based. It's not just all Bible studies. We have those. But what interest do you have? And we're encouraging you, if you've got an interest, we want you to lead a group. And we're going to have small group leadership training at the end of next month. And we want you to lead a group. You need to sign up for that. And maybe I know some guys have said, man, I love to ride motorcycles. I want a motorcycle group. I said, fantastic, do it. Someone said to me, man, I wish we had a singles ministry at this church. I said, make a group, do it. Yeah, I mean, if you want it, do it. And so we're looking at the interest that we have. We have three semesters a year. The reason we do this is because we want an entrance point and we want an exit point. So people don't feel they're signing up their lives forever. But we don't want to make exclusive clubs, too. We're not trying to have factions or little groups that just like this is our church now. No, this is your church right here. And so we have an on and an off where we can give everyone a break and give opportunities for everyone to sign in. So we want to create space. Here's what we're doing. We're creating a place for you that you can connect, that you can be protected, and you can grow. Where's the protection come? Through accountability that you're around other people and there's protection that comes. The Bible says one can withstand so many, but two can withstand a whole lot more. And it talks about woe to him if he falls when he's on his own. And most times when we stumble, the problem is this, we're alone. We're, we don't have anyone to lift us up. And so that's the protection that we have. So get in a group, sign up today. It's really important. Last part of our vision statement is purpose revealed. And we look at this really twofold. First, it's important for you to discover why you're here. That's your purpose. And I believe everyone has a divine purpose. I really do. Everyone has a purpose. The scripture I have for that is not on the screen because I didn't put it on there, but it's Ephesians 2.10. And it says, you are his workmanship. You are created for good works, which God prepared in you beforehand. Before you were made, before you were created, God had a purpose for your life. 
And too many people are not living that purpose. And we want to help you to find that divine God-given purpose. And then secondly, we want you to take that purpose that you've discovered and begin to sow it, begin to use it to realize, wow, I can make a difference with God who's called me to be. Too many people are burying their talents. They're burying their gifts. They're burying their purpose. And they're not using it. We want to be a church where every member is involved. EMI, every member involved. Every member needed. Everyone has a part to play. So what do we do? What's our vision? We're going to create an easy process for people to discover their purpose and be able to serve on a dream team. A dream team. A dream team. And we do this through our grow track and and all these. And that's what we say. Give us four weeks and we'll help you direct your life. But why do we call them dream teams? Someone has said that before. Why do we call them a dream team? Because we believe you can live your dream, your purpose that God has for you through serving other people. And we've kind of coined this phrase and slogan, and that's this. You're a dream teamer. It's no such word, but I made it up. You're a dream teamer. And what does that mean? You can live your dream while you serve other people, touching other people. And why? You may say, well, why do you do that, Pastor? Because it's biblical. I'm glad you asked. Have you noticed in everything that we do, it's biblical? Because God has to be the center and is the center of everything that we do here at this church. It has to be God. And I know I've jumped ahead, but let me just talk about growth track. That's our culture, our vision. Give us four weeks and just get plugged in because what we're going to take you through the journey for the four weeks is going to look at how you can become a member because you need to be connected. You need to belong. And we pray this is the church that God has you planted in and you need to belong here and you need to say, this is my church. You need to discover the design God has for you. We want to help develop you, but then we want you to join a team. Let me just show you some things that we've been able to accomplish this year through teams. Are you ready? This year through teams, through people saying, I believe in what this church is all about. Look at last year, 2018. As a church, our total income was $528,140. Isn't that fantastic? Fantastic. Fantastic. Our total giving that we give as a church was $68,158. If you're doing math, that's 12.9%, almost 13% of all I give. And notice our tithe is 10. We are going above and beyond our tithe and giving out to other people. And I pray that that percentage grows and grows, and I pray the amount grows and grows. But we've just broken them down there, everything that we've been a part of. Just benevolence, books and Bibles, hospitalities and food, giving you breakfast, coffees, taking care of you, just important things to people, gifts and offerings, just blessing people, outreach. I know that figure looks really low, but a lot of the outreach is also in the missions. So when you look at the missions and the outreach together, that's over $33,000 that we were able to sow into outreach and missions and touching God. Isn't that fantastic? Fantastic. And we couldn't do that without you serving and helping and being a part and being faithful. But you know, there's also some other figures that we just want to show you. And and these figures here, and I'm going to explain them as we go through because some of them may appear to be low, but let me explain these. In 2018, we had 56 recorded salvations. By recorded salvations, I mean someone who filled in a connect card. 
We probably had over the year well over 250 people who made a decision. But what we're trying to do is not just to make people make a decision. We're trying to walk them in that decision and trying to connect them. So, so, but 56 cards, and that's all we can go off is the actual numbers that we have. But 56 cards, we had 42 people baptized last year. We had 203 visitor cards handed in. That's not 203 visitors. One family fills out one card. So we had 203 families. The number was a lot greater than that, but that's just people who signed up to say I was here. So you can see what God is doing. We had 70 people complete growth track last year, which is fantastic. 128 actually went through it. Some are still not complete. That's you. You need to complete that because until you do, you cannot serve. But I want you to see what we're doing and the lives that we're touching and the impact that we're having. Why? Because life, love and purpose works. Look at this life. Our vision is that people would know God. How do we do that? What's our culture? That what people would have a Sunday experience. Love that people would walk in freedom. How do we do that? Through small groups. The purpose that they would discover it first through growth track. And then they would use it to make a difference as a dream team. Dream team. Dream team. That's our vision. Come on, that's our vision. That's our culture. That's our language. Anyone love your church? Anyone love your church? Fantastic. Now I want to share something to you that I believe this is our word for you for 2019. For those of you who have been here for the past few years in our church, you can really see that God is doing something absolutely fantastic. If you've only been here today, you can see God is doing something. But for those of you who have been here over a number of years, you can see that God is definitely picking up the pace in what God is doing in this church. It's going beyond just having an excitement of it. It's a place of expectancy right now. We're, we're, we're getting ready to birth things that God is doing in a greater way. And in the summer when we talked about vision, we really felt the word that God gave us was exponential, that God wants to do exponential thing. I want to always say the D in there. And um, believing for God. And we looked at that exponential growth means growth whose rate becomes even more rapid in proportion to the growing total number or size. We're going to see growth that's above average. We're going to see growth above what people say should be normal. That shouldn't be happening in their church. We're going to see exponential growth in this church. And here's how it's going to happen. Here's the word I believe God has given us for 2019. Restore. Restore. Come on, say that with me. Restore, restore, restore. That's our word for 2019. Let me read this passage to you from Psalms 51, verse 10 through 13. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal or right steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That's the power that we need to live our lives. And here it is, Psalms 51, 12. Restore, say with me, restore. Restore Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. One translation says, and uphold me with your generous spirit. As you restore my joy, you uphold me with your generous spirit. Verse 13, then I will. I will what? After I am restored, then I can teach others your ways. 
I can teach others the rebels. Anyone know any rebels and people out there? I can be a testimony. I can be a light to other people. And what's the promise that God says? And they will return to you. God, they're going to come back to you. My children's going to come back. Those around me are going to come back. Those are going to get saved because they're going to discover a relationship with God. David says, God, here's what I need you to do. I need you to restore me. I need restoration to come. I don't have time to go into great depth. But David, at this time, when he writes Psalms 51, a lot of things are happening in his life. A lot of things have just gone down. He has failed immorally. He has covered it up with murder. His life is deserving of death. The penalty should have been destruction and death. But in his lowest point, David turns to God. In his darkest moment, he cries out to God and he says, God, you are the only one that can restore me. You are the only one that can forgive me. You're the only one that can cleanse me. The only hope I have in life is you. I'm sitting on a throne. I have anything and everything money can buy, but I've messed it all up. But God, you can take my mess and you can make it into greatness. You can restore me. David couldn't get any lower. But God, in his lowest despair, in the greatest failures of his life, was able to restore him. You need to hear me today. God is able to restore you. Your family, your home, your life. God is able to restore. I believe God wants to restore. And that word restore means to make new. God wants to make as new. Again, hearts and lives. God wants to speak to the circumstances of our lives. And I believe this, in 2019, we will never be the same again. We will never be the same. And how does God do that? By creating in you. Look what it says in Psalms 51.10. David says, God, you've got to create in me a clean heart, O God. If we're going to see restoration in our life, our prayer needs to begin by saying, God, I need you to do something fresh. I need you to do something new in me. You see, the past is our enemy for two reasons. The first reason is failure. Oh, we all know what failure is. We all know what failure brings to our life. Next slide, please. Failure brings condemnation to our life. Come on, it's the condemnation that we feel and sense in our lives that we think there's no hope. That's what our past wants to do is to write us off where God wants to write us in. But then also success can be a problem. Because success can be the complacency. Well, I'm doing okay. And everything's good. God says no matter if it's failure or success, God says I want you to begin to believe for something new. I want to create something new right now. Come on, God wants to create new hope in your life. God wants to create new health to your life. God wants to create new dreams for your life, new visions, new passion, new purpose. God's got a new job for you. Come on, God's got a family for you. God's got a new attitude for you. God's got a new perspective. 
God wants to create something new inside of you. So how does he do it? By renewing a, a right spirit. Renew a loyal, right spirit within me. Here's what I've discovered. Are you ready? If you want to see things change around you, you've got to first have some things change within you. So if you want renewing around you, you want your spouse to change, your kids to change, your finances to change. Oh, we're praying a lot of prayers outwardly. But I believe there needs to be a shift in our prayers and our prayers need to become inwardly. Because God, I know you want to do something new, but God, you got to renew it inside of me. you got to give me the right spirit. you got to give me an attitude adjustment. you got to change the way I speak and the way I talk and the way I live and the, my life. Three, four years ago, our theme for the year was be the change. Remember that? Be the change. Be the change your world wants to see. We can look around and say, man, this needs to change. God says, be that change. If you want your spouse to treat you, then you be the way that you want them to be treated. Come on, you want to change, you be the change. Don't wait for change. Be the change. Bring the change. God, renew a right spirit in me. May I have a spirit of change. May I have, come on, a spirit uh, uh, that just goes out there and, and just, can, come on, I'm ready to conquer new ground. I want a new spirit inside of me to go. And then God says, then I'll restore. Restore to me the joy of your, so many people have lost their joy of salvation. They've forgotten what God has saved them from. They've forgotten the joy and the peace that God wants to bring into their lives. Where does restoration start? Restoration starts at the foot of the cross. It's at the foot of the cross where it starts. What am I talking about? Relationship with Jesus. As a pastor, I'm just loving you, but I'm telling you the truth. Some of us need to get back to the foot of the cross. We need to find Jesus again. We need to rediscover the joy of our salvation. We need to fall in love with Jesus all over again because the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. God wants to give us an inner fortitude, but you're miserable. You're a miserable Christian. God wants to restore joy back into your life that you remember the joy and the peace that God has. There's nothing more attractive than someone who has joy, someone who's alive on the inside. People are drawn to that. Here's the statement I believe for you this year. God is going to restore your life this year. God is going to restore your life. And listen, I love you guys and I thank God for you guys. But I'm speaking above you guys right now because I'm speaking to those who are not in this church yet. God is going to restore your life. God is going to restore your marriage. God is going to restore you. Bondages are going to be broken. Addictions are going to be broken because we're speaking in vision. Come on! Come on! Come on! We're going to see restoration in our homes. We're going to see restoration in our children. We're going to see restoration in our marriage. We're going to see restoration in our finances as we put God first. We're going to see restoration in our bodies and in our health. We're going to see restorations through addictions. Bondages are going to be broken. The cycle is going to be broken. We're going to see renewing and God do things in emotions and minds in this community, in this nation, in this world. Band, you better come back or I'm going to preach till 3.30. But listen to me, it's not the end of the message. Why does God want to restore you? 
God always restores you with a purpose. And the purpose is this, that your life now can be a testimony to other people. Come on, that's what God wants to do because each one... Come on. Each one? So my life now can be a testimony to other people. Psalms 51.13 Then I will teach your ways to rebels. And what happens? They will return to you. Come on, I'll be the example that you need. There's nothing more powerful than your testimony. You know why? Because it's real to you. People can argue and they can debate Scripture all day long. (laughs) But they can't deny your experience. They can't deny what God has restored. Come on now, they can't deny what God has recreated and redone and renewed inside of you. Because they knew who you were. But now they're looking at someone completely different and they don't understand it because your life is now a testimony to what God has done. Come on, say with me, restore. Restore. Stand all over this place today. I want you to write that down. I want you to make that your screensaver. I want you to put it somewhere. Restore, restore, restore. Because I want you to begin to claim that for your life. You need to get a t-shirt. We're going to make some t-shirts. It's going to say restore. Restore, restore. Restore. But here's my prayer for you. Are you ready? Our mission, our vision, our word, and our prayer. Our prayer for you this year is that we will always pray to eyes, to have eyes that see the best in people. A heart that forgives the worst. And a mind that forgets the bad. And a soul that never loses faith in God. Come on, our prayer for you today is that you'll have eyes to see. A heart that forgives. A mind that forgets. And a soul that never loses faith. Come on, God. Help us to see, forgive, forget. And to hold on to. Come on, that's our mission. Each one. Vision, life, love. Our culture. Get plugged in. Our word, restore. And our prayer. Come on, would you say that prayer with me today? Always pray. Say it with me. You ready? Always pray to have eyes to see the best in people. A heart that forgives the worst. A mind that forgets the bad. And a soul that never loses faith in God. Come on, pray that with me. Pray to have eyes that see the best in people, a heart that forgives the worst, a mind that forgets the bad, and a soul that never loses faith in God.